Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey folks, it's Matt Zachary, and welcome to Vax On, a weekly segment of my podcast, Out of Patience, right here on the Offscript Media Network. Hey, I'm Alura Nanos. I'm a lawyer, a journalist, a mom of a teenage narcoleptic, and a professional big mouth. Lou and I go back 30 years as best friends, and we're here to have fun and bring you a layperson's guide to what the hell just happened this week in healthcare as America gets its vax on and shows COVID the door. Matt gets me. He knows I'm tired, annoyed, and sometimes pushed to the brink by the intense chaos of our lives right now. We're here together to learn, complain, and include you in the conversation. So join us on Twitter at VaxOnPod and share your stories and grievances using the hashtag VaxOn. Conspiracy theorists and haters shall be neutralized on site. All right, Matt, let's get at it. Matt? I'm back. Guess what? Tell me what. So in celebration of the fact that you are now back in the studio with me together, I brought my special friend, my mom friend, Nicole. What, what defines a mom friend? Hi, Nicole. Hi. Nicole and I live in the same neighborhood, have kids the same age at the same schools. And like we do all those mom things together, you know, carpooling and target runs and complaining about everybody, that kind of thing. Okay. That Elora stuff. Exactly. Okay. Hating everybody complaining about things. But Nicole is sort of like, she's like my fluffer. She's like my mom fluffer (laughs) because she reads all the emails from the schools with far more attention than I do. So like when I'm not paying attention, I just sort of get the information by osmosis from Nicole. So so Nicole, from a degree of accuracy, is she 95% accurate or 140% accurate? I would say about 105%. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Yes. It's a nice median-ish. Yeah. So I, I thought since we're we're going to be talking about children a lot, I, I can't do kid stuff without my friend. So there it is. All right, let me let me lead with my redonkulous, stupid story. But please yet, tell me. Um, I'm going to praise Bill De Blasio, said no one else, for the third thing he did right. Tell me. First thing he did right was he mandated universal pre-K the same year my kids started pre-K. We don't have that in New Jersey. I'm so, super jealous. Thank you, Mayor De Blasio, for giving my kids pre-K across the street when we happened to move. The year they went to pre-K. <laughs> he did it for you. The second one was mandating vaccinations of teachers and all Board of Ed employees. Despite the fact that half of them are bitching uncontrollably of about course. it. But this this coming Monday, September 27th, is the day you must be vaccinated or you're fired, which is awesome. Not even show a negative test, like no choice. You're so done. I, can I just, I have to pause you for a second. So New York City teachers have to be fully vaccinated. At least one shot by September 27th. Why didn't they mandate this in August? Like they were like, you can come in and the be union. unvaccinated for two weeks. It's the union. 
Oh, okay. Negotiating with the union. This is the ridiculous bullshit story that I'm happy to tell. So the rule was starting, they just started middle school, but this is across the board. The rule was very similar to what it was last year, which was stupid back then too, which is if one kid tests positive in a class, anyone that was, quote, near that kid, which is subjectively bullshit, stupid, uh, has to quarantine for 10 days. Oh. And then if they show a negative COVID test within five days, they can go back in seven days. Don't My ask me. My head hurts. This Don't is like me. this is like in law school when we learned how you serve like papers on somebody. It's yeah. like 28 it, days minus three days. Plus two, like I can't do it. So, of course, we got the text on uh, Sunday that Hannah was exposed to someone with COVID on Friday. They don't say who, they don't say how, they don't say where. Right. So Hannah now has to quarantine. No, she's been in school for only four days. She's been fucking four days in school, middle school. Sixth grade, you just start middle school, you're gone, right? So wait, wait it gets better. Actually, it really does actually get better. So she, she was crying, like, I have to wear at home for a week, right? Anyway, so we got her tested just to make sure she's negative, everything's fine. But on Tuesday, this morning, <laughs> they changed the rules. Because apparently so many kids were COVID positive in the first week of testing that the whole fucking school system was ready to shut down again. Oh, I didn't know that. With all the quarantines that were mandated to go back to homeschool. So they changed the rule. Now, no one quarantines except the kid that was positive. Wait. So basically they had this very careful system in place. And they were like, we're being as careful as possible. But then the being careful ended up affecting too many people. So yes. they were like, never mind. We'll just be less careful because it's too much trouble. Yeah, Deba was like, holy shit, there's a million kids that are not coming to school this week because they were exposed to one kid in Queens. And finally, they came around. He did a third thing right. And now, whether you're vaxxed or not, as long as you're wearing a mask in school, which you have to do anyway, if you're exposed to a kid with COVID that was positive, you can stay in school. But the kid who was positive has to quarantine. Okay, so like you could be exposed, which means maybe you're carrying COVID. But they're not going to tell us anymore, which is the best part. Oh, uh, and we like this? I like this. Why do you like it? Because I don't like it. I don't know. Maybe maybe they're going to tell us to scare us and we, the think we'll take our kids out of school. Nicole. For us, it's different. Yeah, what is it? Did for you us? read the pyramid thing? Oh my god, no, you no. didn't read the pyramid. I totally you have I knew a pyramid you did thing. It. it was a pyramid. It was a pyramid. I think it was a pyramid. Did it, it have was to a do sliding with... scale? I don't know what it was. Did but it, it was have very to do confusing. With... Do I have to sell face products to somebody? No, <laughs> that kind of no, not that kind of pyramid. We have to quarantine only if you're unvaccinated. If you're vaccinated, so like my son is vaccinated. If he's exposed in school, he does not have to quarantine. Well, that was our rule. I actually, you know, I should have quantified. So if you are exposed to a kid that was positive and you're unvaccinated, you have to quarantine for a week. But if you're vaccinated, you don't. Right. But now they just undid that rule where it doesn't matter whether you are un or vaccinated as an 11 year old, for example. This you, is completely making my head hurt. Quarantine. I, I, I'm completely yeah. making my head anyway, hurt. Thank you, de Blasio, for getting rid of that stupid fucking rule. OK. All right. So you have another story to tell me. I do. So we're going to start and end the show today with some good kid related news. Right. A kid themed show. Kid themed show. So Pfizer says COVID vaccine is going to be available for kids. I guess they're going to request real authorization, right? Yeah, or emergency the, authorization. They have to do the EUA because the real one takes forever. Right. Basically, Pfizer says they're ready to do whatever they're supposed to do right. to get the official approval to use vaccines in children ages 5 to 11. So, of course, the FDA has to still review it and they have to still okay it. But basically, like, it's time. And I think we talked a couple of weeks ago about how 
the time between the request for emergency approval and the grant of emergency approval seems to be about a month. So we can yeah, expect four to six weeks. So we can expect that this is going to be soon, like probably before Halloween, which means trick or treating. Wait, are they shutting down Halloween? I don't know. They they bitched about it last year, and we I don't remember. Can you imagine like vaccine only trick or treat? We're not going to answer the door unless you show us your COVID card. Oh my god, I would totally do that. <laughs> yeah. I would totally be behind that. Is that bad? That would be your house. But I'm all about like I'm sorry, like follow my rules or get out. Like the little the little robot eye comes out the door to look at the kids and show me your card. Show me your card. <laughs> <laughs> trick or COVID? You know, knowing what's going on now, which is that. Um, kids account for more than 20%, more than one in five cases. Um, you know, plus kids are doing things in crowds more than all of us are because kids are going to school. And right. even though they're wearing masks and, and I know that our kids in our district are following pretty strict protocols, you know, kids are still kids. And even with the best intentions, they're, you know, they have times where they're unmasked. They have times where they're not being as careful. And um, so I think this is this is really great news. This ties into something we talked about in the past about teenagers who want to get vaccinated, you know, 12 to 18 that are minors and their parents won't let them. Yeah. I'm curious to see if there are any woke enough 9, 10, 11 year olds that want to get vaccinated and then their parents won't let them either. But I think in in the cases where you're talking about teenagers who go on their own to get the vaccine, those are states that have that mature minor doctrine. Right. And I believe that the statutes that allow that don't allow it for underage, like 13 or something. Right, so right. you're not there even even with a kid. And, and you know, it's not totally impossible for me to imagine a nine year old that totally knows what's going on that would want to get vaccinated based on actually good research. Like Nicole's son is how old is Keen? 10. He's 10. Right. Nicole's son is a genius. She has two sons. They're both geniuses. It would not be at all beyond the realm of my imagination to imagine her 10 year old son being completely informed on all the risks and benefits of the COVID vaccine. And if she and her husband were the type of people who didn't want him to get vaccinated, having him be like, I'm doing it anyway. I would imagine he'd be able to do that. He'd leave you, right? He would definitely leave. But yes, he is already informed. He's counting down the days. He keeps asking, when is it going to be? Because as parents, we have not let him do some things. Like Laura said, let's go bowling. I said, I can't really take Keem bowling because he is unvaccinated. She's like, oh, right. He's Wait, the unvaccinated. bowling alley is not mandate vaccines in Jersey? No. No. Oh. We We're don't have mandate. Yeah. No. Yeah. New Jersey is not not as many mandates. Well, we know Phil Murphy's listening. So let's just tell him. You know, by the way, I followed up with something that we mentioned a few weeks back. Um, I had said that, and I don't know, I never talked with you about this, Nicole, but I noticed that my daughter, who prior to COVID was absolutely terrified of shots. My son, too, always was, you know, kids are always afraid of shots. And, um, you know, it, it was like a whole dramatic ordeal to get a flu shot every year or to get other vaccines. It was like, you know, we did it, but it was like she was like marching to the electric chair whenever she had to do it. Her attitude about the COVID vaccine was really markedly different. For the first vaccine, she, you know, reluctantly but resignedly went to Is get the word? vaccine. Oh, yeah. Resignedly. You're a lawyer. Fuck you. Okay. So, <laughs> It's a word. If I say it's a word, it's a word. Anyway, um, but I mean, she went and she, she went willingly. She really did. When it was time for the second shot, she would like March right in. It was no problem. And, you know, I really wondered, is this a difference just in my own kid because she's maybe getting older or something? Or is it at all kind of a product of that the world around her is so grateful for this vaccine and because there's so much discussion about it? So when we went recently to the pediatrician, I asked the nurse. 
I said, have you seen a difference in children's reaction to getting shots generally because there's this kind of cultural shift now in talking about vaccines and injections? Have you noticed that kids are like less afraid or more willing? And she said, absolutely not. Kids still don't want to get shots. They don't give a shit. So the answer is it was just my kid. Well, we, we got my kids the flu shot this past weekend, which is like, you know, three and a half seconds. And they're still paranoid. Like, I hate needles. Like, you had the flu shot last year. It didn't hurt. You had the whatever the hell. Like, nothing is going to change kids' fear of needles and shots. Do you have any adult friends that didn't get the vaccine or held off getting the vaccine because they were afraid of needles? I don't think so. I had like five or six adult friends. That's the loseriest reason right. not to get a vaccine. It was it seems I, like an excuse. Yeah. You know, I, I honestly thought that it was. I thought they were just saying it because they just didn't want to admit that they were like anti-vaccine. And most of them now have gotten vaccinated and they swear that it really was that they just couldn't bring themselves to do it because they were so afraid of the injection. You can't even see the needle. It's like a it's one of those like microdermal needles. I, listen, you I could mean, just shut your eyes. I mean, you could just grow up. Hold your breath. <laughs> <laughs> That's always shut your shutting eyes, the hold fuck your breath, up is always an option. Grow up. I like that. I mean, That's some good therapy right but there. But it's like amazing to me. I mean, but this is a real thing. And I was just like, stop it. And people like absolutely went to the mat and said, no, this is a real thing. I'm really afraid. And like, you have to take it seriously. And I was like, okay. But they're all vaccinated now. Anyway. The, uh, just for the listeners, Elura um, and Nicola from South Jersey. Have you seen like lunatics in stores yelling and screaming about the masks? I'm just curious. No, I've not seen a single person complain about well, having we're, We don't have mandates either. So we don't, you don't have to wear a mask. In, in any store? Well, there are stores. So like, like doesn't Starbucks like make you have to wear a mask or even no, that's relaxed? No, no. So I mean, the, the stores that I'm seeing, some stores have on the door a sign that says, regardless of your vaccination status, we ask that you wear a mask. Some people do it. Some people don't. Right. Then we have other stuff that says for people who are unvaccinated, we advise that you wear a mask. Some people do it. Some people don't. Uh -huh. My son works in a retail store. And his superiors, you know, he wears a mask all the time. All the people that work there wear a mask all the time. They have a sign on the door requesting masks. But his superiors have instructed him, you can't enforce it. You know, if somebody comes in, doesn't have a mask on, don't fight with them about it. You can't enforce it. I mean, I know we're kind of going into a different direction, but that that bothered me. On Bill Maher's show on Friday, he did a segment about the Met Gala, which is a whole other show we're not going to do right now. No. On how in every one of these, like, Hollywood things, all these parties, no one attending the event wears a mask except the employees. Why does the help have to wear the mask and the people attending don't? Yeah, it seems sort of not fair because the the help is the are the ones that are really most at risk because they're doing this day after day after day, right. interfacing with many people. It, and actually, you know, that is one of the things that really upsets me about people's choice to wear masks because the places I see people not wearing masks in the biggest percentages tend to be convenience stores. And, you know, like we go to the deli and go to Wawa and like nobody, you know, nobody's wearing a mask in there except the employees. And it gets me really upset because I feel like this cashier has had to be face to face with like 5000 people today. Right. You should really be the person that shows that you have some respect for that, mm -hmm. whether or not you think it's important, whether or not you think it works. Like, come on, man, like just make a show of that you're doing your best as opposed to doing your least.
All right, next segment. It is time for the Sir Moment of the Week. Nicole, I don't know if you know what our Sir Moment is, but I, I you don't, do you? No. Because you don't listen. I don't. No. I'm just kidding. How dare you, Nicole? <laughs> Hit that. Wait, what is it? Smash that like button, Nicole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Nicole. Sermo is a private social media network just for physicians, and it's worldwide. They have 1.3 million doctors that are part of Sermo, and it allows them to communicate with each other. And we at Vaxon have this extra special privilege that we get to ask questions to these 1.3 million doctors and create polls. And then Sermo comes back and tells us, hey, this is what our doctor said. So it's like being able to ask questions just to like a zillion doctors, which how cool is that? Very. And it's across the entire world. This week, we thought, let's ask them some questions about kids because, you know, why not? About kids age 5 to 11. So we asked everyone, once the vaccine is approved for kids ages 5 to 11, will you recommend that your patients vaccinate those young kids? And 82% of them said yes. 18% said no. I mean, screw the 18%, but that's a nice ratio for me. It is, although there is a part of me that's like, that is like 20%, like one in five doctors. It's a little less than that. One in five doctors don't tell their patients to vaccinate kids. That's weird. But we don't have any qualitative data as to why they said no. We just asked the yes and no question. That is true. Um, so that that's the first thing we asked. We also asked, I was very interested in this question. Do you expect some parents to be more reluctant to vaccinate kids in that five to 11 year old age group? versus kids 12 and up. And I thought that was really interesting. Like, is this age group somehow any different? Yeah, some emotional, different emotional connection to kids below the age of 12. Right, or or different physical issues because they, you know, they're much smaller. Right, right, right. 89% of the doctors said, yeah, we expect that this is going to be a different... Now, now, again, they're asked to predict if the parents are going to think something's different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And 89% of them said, yeah, parents are going to, like, think this is different. 11% said, no, we expect that it's going to be the same. Um, I I thought that was really interesting because... So I have one child over 16, and I have one child who just turned 12. So they were also in two different child age groups. And I'll tell you, I did feel differently about it. I still chose to vaccinate both of them as soon as they could. But I felt emotionally different about it because my son, who is 17, is essentially an adult in terms of his physical size. And my daughter, who's still growing, it did make me feel different. Um, And I didn't have any rational reason really why it was different or what was different. But I did feel different. Now, Nicole and, and you also, Matt, you guys both have children under 12, right? So your kids fall. Congratulations. Congratulations. So your kids fall into this group. Do you feel differently about your kid that's under 12 versus your son who's over 12? No. Not felt exactly the same. Yeah. I think it's because they're 11. Like, right. So they're really close. 12. They were like 11 and a half. Right. Maybe if they were, well, if they, they were, say five. If they were five, but, five right. I might have reservations. Maybe. Or maybe yeah. you want to wait two or three months or something. I also am, don't have reservations about any vaccine. The doctor tells me to take it. I take it. They give me that piece of paper. I fold it up. I put it in my purse. And then... That's it. No, I mean, I hear you because it's like, listen, you went to medical school. Right. You know all of the factors involved. I trust you. I researched you. You tell me to do it. I'm going to do it, which is also I mean, that is essentially how I operate as well. But I will say I will admit that there's like an emotional, you know, feeling about anything that happens, honestly, to any of my kids anytime. And I think that my kind of irrational anxiety about medical stuff and, you know, with children, just I just get less irrational as they get older. So I think that's what it's about. Not that I have a real reason to feel different about this age versus that age. 
but the next question is a nice tie to this too, because now we're talking about the last cohort in kids, right? The under five, like the babies. Oh, right, right. And that, that's the next question we ask. Do you have any concerns about vaccinating kids down to six months? And 53% said, yeah, they do have concerns about kids as young as six months. 47% said, no, they don't have concerns. So that's very close to 50-50. Right. Ha- essentially half the doctors saying, nah, we have no problem with, with real young kids, even babies. Half of them said, uh, I don't know. All right. So here's my dad chiming in. I don't remember when the kids got their first vaccinations as babies. I don't know how many months after they're born you're supposed to it get that. It starts like right away, doesn't it? I think three. Three months? Is three months? I don't I felt remember. like they were getting shit from the second they were born. Also a possibility. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember. remember. I remember they were constantly getting shots. Like Again, doctors, doctor tells we're, me what to do. I, know, I, just, I do it. <laughs> we're renaming the show to We're Not Doctors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I feel like my, my inclination is that we're so used to accepting that children, newborns, one-year-olds, they get, they get the vaccines. They get all the vaccines. Measles, rubella, all the stuff. You get them. That's just the way it is. You lock this in there. It seems to me less of a potential afterthought that this is just the way it is because babies get vaccines at this age. Right. Which is probably what will happen. Like in a few years, it'll just be like, this is just another thing that you get. Right. Like you get the smallpox and the diphtheria, right. whatever all that shit is. And you're just like, sure. Do babies get flu shots? I don't even know that. I don't think they get flu shots. No, this. I think they have to be like five. A there's measles, five. mumps, rubella, diphtheria, polio, the smallpox, chickenpox. Chicken yeah. yeah. It's like a lot. And then they get the the other one. What is it called? The Gardasil one when they're right. older. And like mm-hmm. that now they get the meningitis one. Like I feel like every five minutes it's a new vaccine. It's a good problem to have. I didn't know that the varicella vaccine existed. You know, the chicken pox vaccine. I, I didn't know that it existed until one of my kids was able to get it. I guess I just like wasn't paying attention to vaccine technology. And I will never forget being in the doctor's office and then being like, yeah, there's a chicken pox vaccine. And I was like, get out. You didn't know that. I didn't know. And yeah. I, I guess I just I just wasn't in the loop about it. And I just remember feeling like how amazing. Like I remember having chicken pox. I remember how it sucked that somebody in the class would get it. We would all get it. It was terrible. And because I got chicken pox as a kid, I ended up getting shingles as an adult, as did you, Nicole, mm-hmm. right? Me too. I got shingles yep, twice. Did too. And it's horrible. But like that sucks. And I remember feeling so wonderfully relieved. Like, oh, there's a solution to this shit show. Um, but it's interesting, you know, the world has changed that now everything is a debate. Of course it is. Obviously. Speaking of that, there's no debate. We're taking a break. We'll be right back. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we're back. And before we close out the show with something a little lighthearted and funny, we have to dive into something very sad and serious. Yeah, Matthew, I, I really just felt that it was important to bring up this statistic because it's so easy to focus on who gets sick from COVID and what happens and who's in the hospital and what who gets vaccinated. And one thing that we don't hear a lot of discussion about is who COVID leaves behind. And more than a million and a half children around the world have lost at least one parent, grandparent, or another caregiver to COVID-19. And that is really staggering. A million and a half children who have lost a primary caregiver, and almost 114,000 of these children are orphaned. That is really... With no one to care for them because whoever was in charge of them is no longer here because of COVID. Yeah. And, you know, if, if we think about the level of contagion in COVID and how it went through households, you know, there are so many cases where one parent got infected and then the other one got infected. Um, you know, sometimes it's more significant uh, in terms of the emotional impact to think about things like orphan children than even deaths, because th th this is like an epidemic unto itself now. Right. This is hundreds of thousands of children that have no parents. And. You know, the, what are we going to say to that? And I think that when people are thinking about the choice to get vaccinated or whether they need to get vaccinated or whether they're at risk or what have you, this statistic to me really stands out as something that people need to consider. Like if there's something you can do to minimize your risk, whether it's wearing a mask in more places, whether it's avoiding more places, whether it's getting vaccinated, whatever, whether it's encouraging someone else to get vaccinated, this is a statistic that stands out to me as something that we should really have in the forefront of our minds, because anything out there that's affecting, you know, a million and a half kids across the world should be our top priority. Now, this is from The Lancet, and it was augmented by Texas Children's that are reciting all the data. What we don't have for you guys, the listeners, is what countries are most impacted by this and when did this happen based on pre and post vaccination rates? Because if a child is orphaned or loses a primary caregiver before vaccines, that's an entirely different story. That's circumstantial and horrible right. and causal. What this does say, though, is that the statistic I gave, the 114,000 kids, those are kids only in the U.S. Only in the U.S. Those are only in the U.S. Because this million is worldwide. The million and a half is worldwide. But the 114,000, that's a number of kids in the U.S. So what do we do? I think the answer to that is we do everything we can. Right. I think that's the only answer is to be as careful, as cautious, as active, as vigilant as possible. That's the only way we can protect children. And that's who should be our first priority. So I want to talk about this next week. I want to gather all of our journalistic integrity and, and get some data on this. But I'm starting to see these trends and I'm looking at actual sources of news. Uh, as opposed to fake sources. As, well, there's so much fake news. Right. No, I mean, like credible sources, not like, you know, Joe's Onion Shack in Spokane. <laughs> it's the news source you need. Joe's Onion Shack. I don't know why I did that. But <laughs> that vaccine hesitancy is waning. 
thanks to national efforts and people getting scared shitless and more and more of these COVID regret stories where surviving spouses are begging everyone to get vaccinated because their husband was like, it's a scam. And then he died a week later. Right, right. And, we're, and we are seeing that more and more. So it's like, you know, maybe we can get the cautionary tale in there before somebody dies. This is already enough of a cautionary tale. All these people died. All these kids be. are orphaned. Right. You'd think it would be. I keep hearing and seeing all these things on the Twitter, which, of course, is real news. Asterisk. Right. But like people begging for the vaccines on their deathbed, getting yeah. intubated. I mean, I have friends that work at, at several cancer centers that are being overrun by COVID patients that they can't even give the cancer patients their treatments. So these oncologists are turning into COVID triage doctors. And as patients are getting intubated, they're begging for the vaccine because they think that's how it works. Yeah. It's Very sad. sad. Yeah, it's sad. But out there, just, you know, all anybody can do is be on the front lines and encourage everyone you know to get vaccinated. All right, let's write the sign curve. That was terrible news. That was terrible news. But let's go out with a bang. We are going out with a bang. Is Nicole involved? Nicole is involved. Okay. So on the way here, Nicole, as she often does, as my information fluffer, she was like, oh, did you hear that story about the bus? And I was like, no, what story about the bus? And That's kind of all you need to say to start a conversation. Exactly. So you know how during COVID, you know, we've we've seen shortages of like all kinds of shit. Like there's a lumber shortage and somehow that's because of COVID and there's a used car shortage. And like every week it's like a new thing that we don't have anymore of somehow because of COVID. There was like, did you know this, that there's a microchip shortage because people are using them in laptops to work from home. There's not enough computer chips to go with new cars. So new car production is stalled. That's did you like know that? the Elon Musk butterfly effect. Right. Like it's so crazy. So, um, so Nicole brought this amazing story to my attention that came out of a kid's tweet. So there is a there's a nationwide school bus shortage. Like yellow bus? Yeah. Is I, it buses or bus drivers? I know it's bus drivers. There's definitely a bus but driver it's also shortage. Buses. But I think it's also actual okay. buses. And I'm I'm thinking that maybe it's because um they, they're keeping the kids farther apart on buses so less kids can go on each bus. So they maybe they need more buses. I don't know. But I, whatever the reason, there is a school bus shortage. This is what happened as a result. So this one kid in Boston tweets from a bus where he and his class are going on a field trip. And the bus is a party bus with a stripper pole. Nice. <laughs> He literally so tweeted. Like, so like someone rented like a stripper wedding bus for yes. school. Yeah. They, That's the right, Because they had no buses. He, he tweets, due to the national school bus shortage, my school has hired a party bus with stripper poles to transport us for the field trip. This is not a drill. That is the greatest <laughs> American story ever told. Complete with neon lights. I feel like I want to know. Did it come with cinnamon or not? I, I want to <laughs> know the administrator. Like picture this, right? And this is in Boston. It's not like it's in like some random ass small town. It's in Boston. And they're like, hey, Harold. So there's no buses left. Uh, is that right if I just book this one? It says, you know, complimentary stripper pole and neon lights on the bus. And this, the principal's just like, ah, sure. Go ahead and, it and says, book it. Orgy bus incorporated on the side. I mean, we rented a bus one time. We went on a on a winery tour. And um, this is the most suburban thing ever. Um, Nicole booked this party bus for us with the pole and the neon lights. And we toured the terrible wineries in New Jersey. Why would there be a Jersey. stripper pole on a wine tour bus? I guess we figured that out after the third winery. <laughs> I don't. Did we use it? I don't remember. I think one of our neighbors did. Not us. By the way, it's always someone named Cinnamon. Not Brandy? No, Cinnamon. Yeah. 
That's the consummate stripper name. Says me. Due to your vast experience with strippers. Oh, my God. I have a BA in strippers. <laughs> I have a BS in strippers. <laughs> Wouldn't that be an MFA, though? I have okay, no idea. Anyway. All right. Anyway. Maybe they use it for exercise. You know, they have, like, stripper pole exercise. They 100% do. My sister, my sister put a stripper pole in her basement for exercise. Really? Yeah. Full on. See, full I want to see that. Go, Emily. <laughs> I mean, she also got banned for life from Tinder, so that's... <laughs> <laughs> That's We're veering way off track that, here. Way off track. So wait, what has been the repercussion and wake of this wonderful child using Twitter for good? No, I don't I don't think anything. I think it's just like the world has gained a little awareness of what happens on field trips. How to manage school bus shortages, supply chain 101. Like be creative. Think outside the box, people. That's outside the box, you're right. Oh yeah. Wow. <laughs> and on that note. Are we done? We're done. Nicole, how you feeling? Okay. You made it. Thank you. Are you ever coming back? Uh, maybe. Okay. We got a maybe. <laughs> All right, folks. Big bonus drop here at the end of the show. We got a whopper of an episode for you next Thursday starring Ms. Information Elura. Take us home. We got her. I, last week, I told you that I was interested in meeting Ms. Information, who is the ambassador against misinformation about COVID vaccines. And we got her to come right here on Vaxon as our special guest. And next week, our entire episode will be devoted to learning about what she's doing, all of her incredible initiatives, and basically just shooting the shit with this awesome drag queen who's out there doing her thing to get the world vaccinated. And there will be video. There will be video. Dress accordingly. <laughs> all right. Thank you, all of our amazing listeners, for dropping into this episode of Vaxon. We'll see you soon. Thanks, Matt. See ya. That's all for today, folks. If you like today's show, the conversation continues on Twitter at VaxonPod. That's V-A-X-O-N pod. Be sure to subscribe, leave a review, and tell all your friends to listen. Vaxon is a product of Offscript Media. Our executive producers are Matthew Zachary and Alora Nanos. Our senior producers are Brianna Seeley and Andrew McDowell. It is mixed and edited by Brianna Seeley. Our theme music is by Chair Model. For advertising and media inquiries, email media at offscript.com. Hit us up at contact at offscript.com to share comments, feedback, and make recommendations. For more information, visit offscript.com. <laughs>